We have Jill DeLong here today with the Hershey Company. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about customer service. And I know Hershey's has an extensive history of customer service and making sure people are happy by feeding them sweet treats. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your involvement in the overall customer setup and how it works with Hershey? Absolutely. Um, one of the overarching models or themes of Hershey is um, making every moment sweet or during the sweetness of the moments and um, we carry that through through customer service so a lot of our our iconic brands are tied to memories and not always big events small things so a cookout with your family um, you know every every weekend going visiting your grandparents and they give you a Hershey kiss so some of those um, long ingrained memories that has so much emotion to it so when we train and teach customer service we tell these stories and it's all about the emotion. It's tying to that emotion. It's the smallest, perhaps seems insignificant issue holds a lot of significance to that person because of what it means in their memories and in their emotions. Um, and it goes beyond whatever the food is. It's, yeah. it's about that experience. Yeah. That's critical. I think that's so important. A lot of people think customer service is just the answers, but if you forget the emotion behind it, you're really missing the experience. Absolutely. And then what's one of the ways that Hershey really focuses on the emotion when handling the customer experience? The primary way is, is listening. It's, you mm -hmm. have to listen. You have to listen to what they're saying even when they're not saying it. So what what is that? What are they trying to get across and not in their words? Yeah. I know some places they call it VOC, voice of the customer, mm -hmm. uh, or the need behind the need. Yeah. And that way you're, you're not only saying, okay, well, what are you telling me and answering it, but you're actually expanding on it. Yeah. How do you measure that when you're working with the team saying, hey, we, we need to do this, but then to hold them accountable, you have to have a way of measuring it. Is there a way that you guys have implemented in order to make that happen? It's through the, the satisfaction survey. Okay. So there's several questions in the satisfaction survey. Um, primarily, are they satisfied with the service? Would they recommend our service? Um, like net promoter score. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, the net promoter score is like typically how likely would you be referring this business if you were to have someone ask you about yeah. it? And we really want to tie it to the service, not how likely you're going to recommend our, our product. Our mm -hmm. product but we are looking at the service. service that's, that's what we provide. That's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. And a lot of people do forget that even though when products are offered, there's a big component of the service side behind it. Yeah. When you get calls, is it typically products that are purchased from retail locations or this is from bulk buyers or do you get a mix of everything? I would say mostly, it, I mean, it's a mix of everything, mostly retail, whether it be online or brick and mortar retail. Um, so the end, the end user, the person that's eating the product is okay. typically. Um, I, I, guilt, guilty, yes. guilty. <laughs> I, don't, I don't call, but I'm uh, definitely way too much. <laughs> but I guess, like you said, it sweetens the experience. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. That's very good. And what got you started in customer service? Um, well, I've always had that kind of who I am. Yeah. So, I mean, back my my education, I went to education and nursing. I did nursing all the way through my last year of clinical. Okay. And I realized that I, it was so much clinical and especially at that time you had such a caseload that you couldn't really get to know the patient mm -hmm. and really sometimes the patients all they need is somebody to talk to that's the, the sadness and loneliness is what's it's keeping them there and and you didn't have the time the caseload was too big and and I didn't like that I felt mm -hmm. like I couldn't give what I felt was needed 
So that was, you know, I was probably 21 then. So that led my my whole career then into a customer service. Wow. Um, you know, my background before then was nonprofit, homeless shelters. Wow. I was totally, I worked in homeless shelters. So I always had that piece of service um, in me. And, um, you know, brought it, it brought circle. me back to it, it eventually. You know, just like everything in life, sometimes it doesn't take the path you think it's going to take. And I ended up at a company. Um, but I'm, it's still it's still the same. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's nonprofit or if totally it's for-profit company. It's still about serving. I agree. And I think that's one of the things that people forget so often. I, I love that story. I thank you for sharing that example. Because a lot of people think that, oh, if they're working in customer support or service and leading teams that they... They were raised doing that and a lot of people don't understand that there's so many things that lead you to move in that direction and i, I have you know i have family who's in the medical field as well and they have that same complaint it's like i got into it because i love the people but then i don't really have time for the people because our demand is so high so i'm glad that you were able to see that that need was missing and and what your true passion was the people and so you made that your focus yeah. in life i think there's a lot of self-reflection and, and all the awesome. different things you know studies yeah. you can take or, or surveys you can take but that self-reflection of really what is that core driver for you as an individual and for me um serving preserving people is, is a core driver and so if people are super important and then you have a lot of things set up what do you have like any i mean with with our team, we always try to give treats and snacks and stuff. And working with a company that is known for it, it is make it probably makes it a little bit easier. But what kind of fun engagement type of activities do you have with those giveaways? <laughs> well, as a company, there's a lot of sweets and snacks around um, all the time and every everywhere. There's no shortage um, in the building, so um, it does take away. You don't have that as an option as an engagement because it's already there. Um, but it, it really it. I have to I have to personalize it to to my employees. That's what it, what it is. I have things that drive me, um, that brings the excitement, and I have employees that are absolutely not like that. So unfortunately, I don't have a, a one thing to say. This is what I do to incentivize my yeah. team because it doesn't work. And like you said, it's always there. I didn't think about that because I did have a friend who worked at an ice cream shop, but before he went there, he was crazy about ice cream. After like a couple of weeks, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> yes, yes. For some, you know, let's just. You know, give them a, a, a gift card to a Starbucks that excites them. Yeah. Others, it's not going to do it. So, again, it goes back to the individual, the personalizing things, really understanding what people are looking for. Absolutely. And serving. Serving them through understanding them. Yeah. That's critical. I were talking earlier in the session about leaders and, and you know, knowing your coaching to your your team and your your other leaders below you. And it really is that you got to know who they are. You yeah. got to know just what their strengths weaknesses, but you need to know them as a person, and that helps drive what incentivizes them. Hundred um, percent. With your team, are they primarily in an office or work remotely, or how's that structure? It's an interesting question at this time. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 everything and the um, above. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a mixed team, so I have a team in the U.S., I have a team in India or in yeah, in India, and team in the Philippines. Um, and, and one in Mexico. Um, so some are in the office, um, not, not five days a week though. Some are in a couple days a week. Some are completely remote. Okay. So it just depends. Hybrid. You pretty much kind of goes back to the, the same sentiment of our overall conversation. It's really about the people and seeing what the needs are and how you can best accommodate. Yes. And that, and when were they hired in, you know, so those, we have hired a large group of people, um, since 2020. 
when we were fully remote and you didn't have to live near the office. And now, you know, we want to bring people back to the office. They live three hours away. We're not going to get rid of a good employee. So yeah. we have to keep that mixed model. That's smart. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And I mean, we do love Hershey. So it's great to be able to spend a little bit of time with you guys and start with you and speaking a little bit about how customer service has not only impacted your life based off who you are as a core, but also how you've been able to take that same passion and share it with others and with who you work with and the clients directly. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thank you. Thank you.